Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. And we are here with a pre-draft edition of Bright Side of the Suns for the fans, by the fans podcast. We have got a, right. I got it right. We have a special guest with us this week, Shar from TheRedCouch.net. And I love Anchorman, Paul, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you guys today talking about the bright side of Arizona sports. All right. I like the enthusiasm, and uh, unlike... What most people are, your opinion. Unlike what most people are thinking right now, the redcouch.net, not an adult site. It's an excellent site. Go check it out. I can 100% affirm that it, while it sounds like a porn site, it is clearly – it is not a porn site yet, and we need your support, <laughs> sports fans and news and entertainment fans of uh, the United States and the rest of the world to keep it a sports and entertainment site. So log on to the redcouch.net whenever you get a chance, and – Check out our stuff. The yet part scares me a little bit, but we won't get into that right <laughs> yeah, now. It's no. fine. Yet we'll part just, intrigues me. We'll just, that's, that scares me more. <laughs> that, that intrigues you. Um, all right, so we have the draft coming up this week. It's been a crazy couple of days. It has been a crazy couple of days. And the first thing that is on the old agenda here, uh, as many of you out there hopefully know by now, the Celtics and the 76ers landed a deal. or Blockbuster. Blockbuster, Sure where uh, the 76ers have moved up to the number one pick and the Celtics have slipped back down to three. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before we went on air, but the initial question is, could the Suns have maybe snuck in there and taken the 76ers spot and made that trade with the Celtics to get up to number one? And if so, who should the Suns have taken if they got up to that number one spot? We're playing a little fantasy land here right now. Yeah. Bear but with we, us. We do, that, we do that a lot. We do that a lot. <laughs> Maybe we can do that on the redcouch.com when it comes to points. <laughs> Again, the operative word is yet there. <laughs> Terrifying me, guys. <laughs> you know what, Paul? I'm going to I'm gonna step away from our usual flow and let Char handle this one first, if you're so inclined, sir, since put, you're the guest of honor today. Put me on the hot seat on already. On the hot seat. I like it. I like it. You know, if I were the Suns and I had the number one pick, first of all, I would have done whatever it, it would have taken to get that number one pick. Um, but you guys aren't going to like my answer. I don't think the masses are going to like my answer. But I Not think, Markel Fultz, you mean? And not Markel Fultz. If you ask me, I think this draft, you know, whether we like it or not, is all about Lonzo Ball. Wrong. <laughs> allow, me, allow me to make my case. Allow me to make my case. I think I would take Lonzo for two simple reasons here. First, I think Lonzo is clearly the best player in this draft, and I think with the number one pick, you got whether it's need or you know whatever your roster says, you got to go with the top pick. And this is a guy who all year has been described as Jason Kidd with a jump shot. And if you're offering me Jason Kidd with a jump shot, I'm not saying no. But mostly speaking to his talent, if you close your eyes and you somehow are able to imagine a universe without LeVar Ball, I don't think there's any question this guy's going number one. I think... It's mainly a case of too much dad all the time in all the wrong places and too much noise, and that's what's bringing his stock down. Um, I, now, 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 before Paul yells at you. <laughs> I, I don't want that to happen. Well, I guess Paul's already kind of, everybody. Paul's already given, you know, showed his hand a little bit there because he yelled wrong abruptly. So, Paul, you obviously don't agree with Char. Please. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start off on the Jason Kidd comparison because I – I hate that comparison off the top because Jason Kidd was an elite defender. Ball is at best an average defender, and if you're going to compare him with a Devin Booker who is currently a below average to terrible defender, that makes is a bad start for a backcourt when you don't you need one of those pieces to be able to at least guard the best guard on the other team, and that does not offer that opportunity. Two, I'm concerned about his jump shot because the form is so funky 
It goes in in college. It goes in, but the question is, can he get it off in the NBA? That can form is admittedly college, atrocious. College basketball hoops are the same as NBA ones. Just going <laughs> to just gonna throw it out ta- I'm not talking about getting into the hoop. I'm talking about actually getting it to release. Well, you said getting into the hoop initially. I'm just saying. Okay, thank you for the technicality. <laughs> lawyered. I accept the lawyer. technicality. It's just <laughs> an actuality, but go on. But anyways, and this is all irrespective of the existence of LeVar Ball, who is just a, a circus and belongs in Los Angeles, because um, we have enough other circus-y kind of things going on in Phoenix right now. We don't need another... Uh, circus? Circus. Another ring to that circus. Well, pray tell you, what circus do we have going on? I mean, since Marquise Morris left town, it seems like the circus has kind of gone off, and we've had less drama over the course of the last season. So, but I want to quickly before get, you know you get you, we get into the circus discussion here. I think you raise a good point. I think the second reason I would take Ball is uh, I look at everything with the Suns' development and future planning right now from the perspective that we have a budding star in our shooting guard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's a star, not just, you know, a, someone that could potentially be a perennial all-star, but he's someone that could perennially be – I'm already jumbling words. Uh, we're not – I'm not even – You're not the one who's drinking. I understand Exactly. You. I understood you. <laughs> uh, but he's he, – Booker is someone that could, you know, be on the all-NBA team uh, every year, and we need to start from the premise that what is – what's the thing that we could do to make Booker the most successful player he could be? And I think at this point it's if you can get a pass-first point guard – that you know defers to Booker on the offensive end and can set him up and get him easier shots, which is something that I think Lonzo can do. I mean, I think that's the it, to me, it's it would be the ideal choice in this scenario. I I I get your point, and that is actually let's let Justin talk. He hasn't really talked at all yet. That's that's, that's Paul. That's Paul <laughs> saying I get your point, and I have no counterpoint. So I'm gonna <laughs> actually, that's, that's not that I don't um, have a counterpoint. I just don't want to monopolize. If 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 I was at number one, I think I would. Uh, I'm going to lean towards agreeing with Shar here and say that I would probably look at taking Ball uh, at that pick as well. Um, I get the arguments for Fultz. Uh, the issue that I see is that while Fultz is a point guard by trade. I see a lot of, you know, he's a scoring point guard. He's not a pass-first point guard. Sure. I think Sharp brings up a good point that with the roster that Suns have in place right now, they've got a scorer in Booker. They've got a scorer who goes a bit forgotten in T.J. Warren because he missed a lot of time last year. But if he's healthy, that guy that guy can put the ball in the right. And Eric Bledsoe, the current point guard, is obviously not an ideal distributor. I'm obviously a huge Bledsoe fan. I've said that for a very long time. But I think that as far as the development of the Suns, the development of this youth goes, if they can get a pass-first point guard who can also shoot, oh. um, they're, they're, that's going to that's gonna take them a lot further along. It's going to take them um, you know, closer to a championship in like whenever the Golden State Warriors are done. Uh, than, Which might not than be for a very long time. Yeah, right. so, We're all um, agreed there. Yeah, I mean, I think that I would probably lean towards – Taking ball too, and I've I've liked ball even before this whole Lavar ball thing happened. Frankly, I kind of wouldn't, wouldn't mind hearing like the Lavar ball show once a week here in Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, it'd be entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because you can actually make an argument, and I know a lot of this argument was actually made a little bit prior to the actual draft lottery, where there was the possibility of the Suns getting the number one pick, and you could have made the argument that. From a standpoint of need, Josh Jackson is actually the best choice for the Suns, period. And even if you had number one, he might be the best guy to go with. If he reaches his potential, he could actually be the best guy in this draft because he does have vision. He does have defense. He has hops out this world, and his shot may not be as broken as some people think it is. So Hot take, Paul. So if he actually is able to put it all together, he could be an an excellent player, be that complement scorer, also be able to cover for Booker on the defensive end and help with that um, that distribution because Booker's not not too shabby from a passing end as well. So you get a bunch of guys who like to move the ball around. You can simulate something similar to what's going on in uh, Golden State right now where that ball does not stop. That ball sure. is not – 
It's not trapped in the hands of Kyrie or LeBron. It's moving around to everybody makes that extra pass to get that wide open shot with the highest percentage. Sure. And I guess one of my problems with, sorry to jump in and cut you off, Justin, but I think, I think one of the things that's driving me crazy is watching how hard Booker has to work to get a shot or to get a good oh, shot. Yeah. And I think he is a good facilitator, but I think he's a great scorer. And I think asking him to facilitate and sometimes run the offense, because like you said, Justin, you know, Bledsoe is, isn't exactly a pass-first point guard. You know, he's a guy in his own right who could put up a lot of points on the board. Um, and he, In fact, he played shooting guard next to John Wall in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same thing, you know, same thing goes with Brandon Knight off the bench. So it, it would be nice to see Booker have to work uh, not as much to get his own shot and not as much to set up other teammates and have another guy to do that and just let Booker be the scorer on this which, team. Which, frankly, could lead to fixing this defensive problem that Paul likes to bring up constantly yeah. with, with Devin Right. Booker. Oh, and I, I agree with that, too. But let's – do you have anything else mm-hmm. right there? Were you going to go up somewhere? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, well, I guess, Paul, you didn't really answer, though. Who would your number one pick be if those Suns were – is it Josh Jackson? No, actually, it's Marco Fultz. Okay. It's Fultz. I mean, if you if you're gonna put these guys in tiers, like if you were, to, here's a good example. We take we take the playoffs of the last this past season in the NBA. Golden State was clearly up here. The Cavs were on another level. Paul's putting know. his hand very high in the air for very, Golden State. Just for those air. listening, and the Cavs were clearly below them, and then but then there was another big gap between for everybody else. And in my mind. You look at these players. Fultz is up here. Fultz is a complete player. Lonzo Ball is great at some very good things sure. that are very important, but has some flaws. And you have a bunch of other guys that have strengths and weaknesses, and depending on what you need, they they can they can fit that. And if they all live up to their potential, if they live up to their potential, they could become something better than what they are. So from that standpoint, when you got the number one pick, you got to take the best player available. And in my mind, that's Marco Fultz. Alrighty, well, let's move on. Step out of fantasy land now, yeah. perhaps. Fantasy boys. land's back always a fun It was, it was enjoyable. I, I, I liked it. Life, back to reality. <laughs> you were not kidding <laughs> about his singing abilities. Yeah, this, is, this is boys solid. Boy's got some pipes. Just Boy, keep it up. Oh, I love pipes. it. Um, so, a little salt and pepper. What's actually happening, though, is the Sixers have the first pick. Uh, the uh, Lakers have the second pick. The Celtics have the third pick, and because we can't have nice things, because we can't have nice things, the Suns have the fourth pick. But I think they will get a nice thing. Um, I think we can all agree that Sixers are going with Fultz. Yes. Yes. Unfor- yes. Okay. He is trusting that process. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and can we all agree that the Lakers are going ball? After what happened today, yeah, definitely. I mean, they don't have a logjam in the backcourt anymore because D'Angelo Russell is now a net. I, I agree, and Beautiful I know we're getting to reality. I hear it's lovely this time It's of not too, New Jersey but... anymore, dude. It's Brooklyn. It's awesome. Oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> forgot about that. And if you don't mind... It's only been three years. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I was just going to Go say... On, it, it, stepping back in a fantasy land for a second, even though I think we're all agreed the ball's going there, how amazing, how amazingly phenomenal would it be to watch LeVar Ball's face in live action if the Lakers pass up on him? Uh, I am here for that. I, I, God, I would give so much to see that happen. I mean, I, I don't want his face. I want a Kanye West moment. I want him running up on that stage going, I'm going to let you finish, taking the mic but Lonzo should have been a Laker. Right. <laughs> right. I feel, like, I feel like he would just like run up there and, like I don't know, throw like a big ball or shoe at Adam <laughs> Silver or something like that. I, <laughs> it would be weird one way or the other, but it would be hilarious. Uh, that would be fantastic, uh, but in all likelihood, not going to happen. And even if they were to pass on him, I think we would probably all assume they're still going to take a point guard, maybe De'Aaron Fox, Sure, you had mentioned sure. earlier. Um, so... Let's all assume that Lakers go point guard at two, regardless of who it is. Who's going three? Because that's obviously something that has huge implications for the Suns, because we'll figure out who the Suns have left to choose from. Paul, <laughs> you first. Justin. Thank you. Well, if, if this if the scuttlebutt is true in any way, it sounds like it's going to be Tatum. Just because, one, apparently the Celtics haven't even spoken to Josh Jackson yet. Which doesn't necessarily mean that they won't pick him if they like him. They'll no, it, do- him. it doesn't, but they, I think they've had Tatum in twice. And Josh Jackson did 
cancel on them too. Which and, right, and I think Josh Jackson is rather duplicative with Jalen Brown and Jay Crowder and a bunch of other guys that have in their se- their team. What they really need is a secondary scorer to complement Isaiah, because right now they're the Isaiah and a bunch of guys who can defend. If they they can balance that, take some of that pressure off of Isaiah with another scorer on the wing that can open up a lot more for the rest of the offense. And Tatum is the more polished offensive player. Oh, yeah, player he, at he's NBA-ready from that juncture. Um, but he's from deep. Oh, sorry. You done? No. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Char, what, are, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree with the Tatum call on this one. And I, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you guys said, and also for the fact that, you know, because Draymond Green... Because Draymond Green has essentially, you know, changed, altered the landscape of the NBA power forward position to where, you know, you can't get it done with a 6'10", 6'11 guy who can't shoot from the outside, Mm -hmm. who's too slow to chase people around. You need, you know, a 6'8", 6'9", versatile guy who can, you know, bang with the big boys down low and also, you know, handle the ball and initiate the offense. And I think that's pretty much what you're getting with uh, Tatum here is 10, 15 years ago. I think the guy would have had a tough time sticking in the NBA because you would have wondered, is he a small forward mm-hmm. or is he a power forward? Probably too small to guard the power forwards and too slow to guard the small forwards. But now, I mean, you're getting a guy who's perfectly versatile in a position in a, in a league that really doesn't have positions anymore. So, yeah, right. I think long-winded answer, yes, Tatum, I agree. Kind, kind of how the NFL has become a passing league, the NBA has become a positionless league or is slowly migrating into that direction. Way to weave in the NFL into this. I, I, feel, sorry, I feel sorry for that. Training really camp's coming up in like it, 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 two months or something. Hard Knox is coming up soon. I oh, can't wait. Yeah. I feel really sorry for that uh, seven-foot lumbering white guy who used to be able to make a nice solid career for himself in the NBA that can't even get it. Big Country Reeves. Jake Sakalidis. <laughs> oh, Big Jake. I felt like there was a Isn't bit of a... Isn't he the original Greek freak? <laughs> he is now. I just... Majid Lamp. <laughs> oh, boy. Is that, that I didn't even come no, close. No, it's Maciek. Come on, dude. Have respect for Polish people. Is he Polish or wasn't he Turkey's finest? Oh, no. Maciek he was, he was Polish? Come on, you're talking to the original Polish. My, sin- right my sincere apologies <laughs> to all the people. Now I'm kind of concerned that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's Polish. <laughs> um, anyway, lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Ah, uh, yes, the three, number three pick. I think we're all on board there. Uh, any last thoughts, comments number four. on that? Oh, number four. Is that an important thing to talk about? No. Not on a Suns podcast. Not at all. Let's no, move on. Nobody's, just nobody's skip over to number five. Go to five. Um, I'm interested in Sacramento. Yeah, I want to know. Love Sacramento. Apparently, De'Aaron Fox actually wants to go there. So, or maybe he's just saying that because he wants top five money. Maybe. We'll That's a red <laughs> flag right there. I mean, you got to check the guy's head after <laughs> volunteering to go to Sacramento. Some serious problems. Yeah. <laughs> He's on no draft list all across the board now for teams. Okay, so. Especially number, Sacramento. Number, yeah, Sacramento's <laughs> like, he's crazy. He wants to come play for us. <laughs> they don't even trust him anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's a little, <laughs> a little too nuts. He's a little too excited about Sacramento. Um, number four. Number four. Who are the Phoenix Suns going to pick? Sure. You're trying, are you let's sure see. you want to go to me first I'll this want, time? You, unless you don't guest want to. Unless you want to hear Paul first. No, I, I love the tone of that guest of honor thing, so I'll, I'll gladly <laughs> I'll gladly do the honors there. You know, I think the best available, based on who we have going one through three right now, is De'Aaron Fox. Um, I, I sh- wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it either. I'd shudder. Uh, you know, I'd like it if it wasn't for the logjam of – Specifically, Kentucky point guards that <laughs> we have on the team right now. We're developing um, a trend, is what it is. Right. Well, it's not really a trend anymore. We, we take the Kentucky point guards, Sacramento takes the Kentucky big men. It's just kind of the way it works. That's right. <laughs> and we also don't forget our other trend. We take the uh, worst of the two brothers, uh, yes. is also our thing. Uh, did you know Darren no offense Fox's to Taylor dad Griffin. is named Aaron Fox? Huh. huh. I did not. Yeah, because he was talking shit at LeVar Ball today. Good for him. <laughs> I wonder if his mom's name is like Deanna or something and they just combine their names to make his name hey you know the two of you of key and peel are ever looking for a replacement i think <laughs> you guys would be right in line for that yes. oh jack hennessy <laughs> <laughs> did you know one of those guys directed that movie get out have you guys mm-hmm. seen that movie what uh, key yeah. or peel directed yeah. Get Out? Yeah. Peel. didn't seem like it was like it. didn't seem like it was really up their alley but i guess a bunch of the folks from the league have done like horror movies but at any rate yeah he wrote and directed it i digress 
I heard some great. I will digress with you, but I did hear some great digress things about that movie. Um, but back to I it. Tried I tried to watch it the other night. My wife's like, "Looks really scary." I'm like, "Yeah, that's why I want to watch it." So, <laughs> so we we, we rented that movie with LeBron in it. <laughs> I will say I did not. I not your took favorite. a stance and did not finish it. Right, just like LeBron in the finals. Boom. <laughs> A true man of principle you are. So I guess here, you know, to make it simple, I think the pick is Josh Jackson. I'm not thrilled about it. I'm not as high on Jackson as the rest of you guys are. I think the best two talents in this draft are Ball and then closely followed by Fox. And I get this sinking feeling because of past mistakes. You think those are the two best talents? I think those are the two best players in the draft are Alonzo Ball and then... So you think... Fultz is the third best player in this draft? I think Fultz is the third best, best player. I think Fultz is the third best player in the draft. I mean, if you look at it, his team went 9-22, and 22, and everyone's ready to hail him well, as the next ben coming Simmons of... Well, and he went 1, so... And we have not seen Ben Simmons play yet, so, I mean, we, we don't thought, have a conclusive... That's the thought of the 76 series. Uh, I can't get around 9-22. and 22. I mean, in an era where we want to possibly bring down LeBron's... I know this is your favorite topic, dude, Justin, but we want to bring down LeBron. For going three and six in the NBA Finals against top-notch competition, and we want to bring down his career of possibly the greatest player of all time. It's n- I didn't say the greatest for all those Jordan fans. I said possibly the greatest. But if we want to do that, and we're not holding an 18-year-old kid accountable for the fact that his college team in a good Pac-12 conference last year, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, they went nine and twenty-two. Nine and twenty-two. I'm not good at math, but that's bad. It's not like you have stars in this league right now who played for shitty college basketball teams. I mean, Paul George went to Cal State Fullerton. They weren't good when he was there. He was good, but he didn't have anything around him, and you can only do so much. Clay Thompson went, I think he went to Washington State, He went too, to Washington State. And they sucked when he was there. They but didn't go 9-22. I mean, they, they weren't in the NCAA tournament, but his senior year, I mean, they were on the cusp of the NCAA tournament to decent in the NIT. Right, but you also have to look at where... Um, Washington State, when Fultz signed on, what was expected was Chris was going to stick around. He wasn't expected to jump. I think, was there another guy who jumped early too? So, like, there was going to be a... What's that? Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's his name? They got his first draft last year. Wasn't he off of Washington? Um, But there are a couple guys who jumped that that weren't expected to jump after their first year. And so when you you take Fultz, you put a guy like Chris with him, you put, I can't, whoever the Spurs drafted... Um, they would have had a team there, but what happened was those guys jumped and they didn't have true true replacements ready to go. John T. Murray. John T. Murray, yeah. Good call. So you take John T. John thank T. Murray. Thank you, Char. Somebody gives me a little credit on this podcast. <laughs> you know, the two of you are this adorable, not married, married couple. I'm beginning to realize the longer to live this goes together. on. It makes uh, sense. Okay, it, Paul, continue it, your your comment now, but, Paul. I, Paul, but back, back to your point, I love De'Aaron Fox. Like, my dream scenario is somehow we get, we had the third pick, and somehow, and I guess I, I traded Bledsoe for the fifth pick, and got Fox and Jackson, and like, surra- basically surrounded Booker with those two talents. Right. So from a defensive end, he's masked, but also you have passing, you have, you have defense, you have slashing, you have, some, no, actually you don't have shooting, but I, I just thought that would have balanced really well, also with the rest of the roster that we have. So that, that was, like, my dream scenario of somehow this turning out of having these five young guys whose skills all complement each other. But in my opinion, with where we still are, as long as Eric Bledsoe's on the team and it doesn't look like he's being traded anytime soon and all the point guards, or most of the point guards we're drafting will, be, will have been off the board by the time Bledsoe gets, or by the time the Suns pick, I think the move as of right now is still Josh Jackson because he is the best player available but he also fills a glaring need on the Suns which is some that, that defense athleticism at that wing spot. And I think there, I think there's no question as far as the need factor. I think Jackson is the guy if you're trying to fill a need, which again, I'm just saying I, it gives me a sinking feeling that past mistakes of loading up with possibly the wrong people at the point guard position are going to make us pass up on you know someone we might possibly look back at. John Wall. Exactly. A great comparison, yeah. And, exactly. Or possibly the next Alfred Payton. So, <laughs> I, I'd lean Fox more towards Wall. That's fair. Um, first of all, Washington State, Clay Thompson last year went twenty-two and thirteen, so not quite nine and twenty-two. Not quite nine and twenty-two. Yeah, true. Uh, 
They won nine conference games, though, so there's that. But (laughs) I am of the opinion that Josh Jackson is the guy to take. Uh, I think I've said this before, have I not? I think perhaps. Uh, (laughs) You know, I think his his perceived inability to shoot is overblown. Uh, Again, I've said this before. The guy shot 38% from three-point range this year. The second half of the season shot almost 50%, shot like just a shade over 48%. Free throw shooting, okay, yeah, there's a problem there. But uh, if if he's able to translate his ability to shoot from the outside into the NBA, you've got a guy that's basically like a 3 and D dude on steroids because of his crazy athleticism, his ability to facilitate. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he's not just going to be sitting there playing some defense and then sitting in the corner shooting threes. Um, totally lost where I was going right there with the rest of that. <laughs> we were talking about, oh, and, and as far as, you know, the Shar, your point about uh, them passing up on, you know, a point guard who they think is, who they potentially would think is, you know, maybe higher rated, but don't want to do so because of past mistakes. I don't see Ryan McDonough as the type of guy who really is caring about past mistakes. I mean, he's made some big mis- he's made a few big mistakes, but he also hit a lot of home runs, and he hasn't come across at any point throughout uh, his tenure here with the Suns as somebody who's going to be shy or timid in, in, in taking some sort of action if he feels like it's the right thing to do. So while I think it's Jackson, if, if the Suns think De'Aaron Fox is the guy, like I have no doubt that they'll take him. Um, and, and, I mean, he's already drafted, like, I don't know, 43 Kentucky guards. It's not like he's worried about drafting another Kentucky guard, I don't think. Um, you could also make an argument for Isaac, too. Sure, sure. I well, mean, what, what do you guys know about this Florida State kid? I, I didn't really get a chance to watch them play much. Um, he's raw, but he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of potential. Um, he, he's like a 3-4 combo a little bit more, so he's on the bigger end. Um, but again, also provides a lot of the same defense as um, that you think you could possibly get out of Jackson. Um, honestly, I haven't seen too much of him either. I'm really going off of a lot of just like what I've read and some YouTube highlights and whatnot because I didn't didn't really watch a lot of Florida State during the year, and what? I'm trusting guys who do this for a living, not guys like us who just do this on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> hey man, it's us Tuesday nighters that built this world. Yes, I mean let's exactly, Shar. Thank you, Justin. Nailed it. Um, I I like I do like Isaac. Uh, if if Jackson's off the board, then I, I would say again, assuming the folks who we anticipate to be off the board are off the board as well. Uh, actually, that doesn't make sense. Well, eh, so let's say Jason Tatum's on the board, Jackson's off the board, and we've got Tatum, Isaac. Uh, and uh, Fox, I would probably lean towards Isaac myself. Um, he's a three-four right now, but yeah. I think he's close. He's more of a four than a three, and I think he has some potential to fill out and play a little bit of five. And the idea of that could be a hell of a rotation. Exactly. Right if you have Chris, who's a freakish athlete, Bender, who is something, we'll find out eventually. Hopefully, the boys got handles. Out. That's that's for sure. Um, and then you've got. Uh, uh, Isaac, who can maybe play some five as well, maybe play a good chunk of five, who's also a freakish athlete, who his per 40 in terms of uh, um, uh, rebounds when he was at Florida State was impressive, uh, based on my recollection. And uh, he's shown the propensity to be able to put the ball on the hoop too. Uh, you know, I think that's a an excellent front court moving forward. Um so I, I'm I'm a big Isaac guy, and I think he, next to Jackson, possibly has the most upside. Now, the most upside can also be you know a way of saying they might be a big bust as well. But I, I think that because of how raw he is, uh, but because of the skill level that he's already shown, notwithstanding the fact that he is probably more raw than the other guys that are in this draft. Um, he, he has the potential to be something something special out of this, too. So if if Jackson's off the board, Jackson's the guy that I want to see the Suns take, but if he's not there um, and and they take Isaac, I think that's a fantastic move. But, I mean, this draft is so loaded that I don't know that they can take anybody at four. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, no, that's right, horrible. Right. Unless they, you know, unless take, like, T.J. Leaf at four, then I'll – 
It does feel like a loaded draft, though. Yeah. It does feel like it, a loaded top five, yeah. top I, six draft. I think draft. the only one I'd be disappointed in is Tatum. Just because we basically have Tatum and Warren. And Marquise Chris? No. TJ Warren? Yeah. You think that's the better Tatum comparison? Very much so. I mean, oh, I disagree with you there. Very, very much so. I think Tatum, Tatum is... Tatum's a better shooter. He's a better shooter, but their skill set is very similar, both from a... They're a scorer, don't have the greatest defensive capabilities. They're not above-the-rim guys. But we've already got that skill set there in TJ. Duplicating that with Tatum, I'd rather have a guy who switches it up, who if we played both those guys on the court at the same time, aren't trying to be in the same spots and overlap each other. The, the difference that I see between a Warren and a Tatum is that Warren, to me, is more of a... How do I put this? Like a junk scorer? He doesn't have to... He's like Marion. He doesn't have that plays designed for him. Uh, Marion without a weird shot or three that goes in regularly. Um, he doesn't have to have plays designed for him. He scores a lot on hustle. He scores a lot on knowing where to be at what time. But I think Tatum has a lot more offensive ability uh, when it comes to being able to create his own shot, um, you know, shoot off the dribble, uh, things like that. So I think that they're similar to the extent that they are both good offensive threes, but I think they bring different types of offense to the Agreed. Team. Agreed. I think Tatum's got a little bit more ball skill than T.J. Warren, whereas Warren might be a bit of a more natural scorer and slasher than Tatum, but I agree with you there. By the way, while we're talking about these this litany of small forwards all of a sudden, can we take a second and just spill one out for my man P.J. Tucker, uh. who... I know he's left us, but he's one of my favorite Phoenix Suns of all time. It was great watching him actually get a chance in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that coach was thinking, but I would have played him 48 minutes if I had to and just put him on LeBron James and let let the man do his thing. Just be like, PJ, you know what? Stay down on the defensive side. You don't need to right. go down on offense. Just wait for LeBron to come back. I'm That's you. right. If this, Dwayne Casey, if you're listening to me, this is Charbon Money, the Red Couch for, dot net, not a porn site. And not a I, porn site. Not a porn site. And I... I am telling you, you put P.J. Tucker out there on the best offensive player on the other team for 40 minutes a night, and you will see what the man can do. Well, I mean, that's assuming he stays with Toronto. I mean, he is a free agent, and I want to see that dude get paid. I'd like to actually see him also stay in a winning situation, but the dude deserves to get paid. He's earned that Absolute, money. Agreed. Completely agreed. It's, it's, he's on the – is he over 35? No. no, but he, I think we went over this before. I'm pretty sure he's younger than us. That, that's not surprising. Way to date us, Justin. <laughs> We've done it before, so. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast, yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize my personal info was going to get thrown out there tonight. <laughs> Social security number. Yeah. Uh, but again, I was happy for him to see him play for in the playoffs and actually contribute. Unfortunately, the the Cavs rolled the just turned 32. Oh, good for him! So he's got a, he's got another happy birthday, PJ. He's got another good contract in him, and I'd like with the new cap and whatever. I want to see him make sure. it as possible because mm-hmm. I mean he's got to keep up that shoe collection, and that can get pricey, especially when he's got to get those Zo twos. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Aren't they having issues the like making them though, or something? Like, didn't Lonzo Ball not wear his own shoe to his Lakers? Uh, yeah, practice, because they, they only have they only have the mock. Work the out. Model. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Not practice or try out. Yeah. You were getting there. You were inching your way up there. Baby going through steps. that. Going through that. Baby steps. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. Okay. So, contrary to popular belief, the Suns have more than one pick in this draft. You're huh. kidding. Yeah. Wait, know, right? are, are we just going to skip over the possibility of trading for Porzingis? No, we're not, Paul. We're going to talk about that later. Stick to the script, bro. I mean, it sounds no. like Paul wants to talk about it you now. You know what? Go. Just go. Well, no go. I'm going to go get a beer. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin goes to get a beer. Um, there has been word from Woj, Woj Bombs, as they are called in parlance, that um, Porzingis is available and the Suns inquired. And uh, <laughs> uh, Philly, big Philly style. Uh, shot back with he wanted Devin Booker and the number four pick for that, and I'm pretty sure the Suns laughed in his face. But the idea of bringing Porzingis to the Suns is, um, I would probably trade the farm outside of Devin Booker for Porzingis because the goal 
for this team is to get two young stars to grow together. Sure. And you can't get much better than Porzingis in that age range of guys that are better. Would you would you trade the number four pick straight up for it? Is it take more than the number four pick to do it? And hell yes, I would. So it was the Knicks laughing at the Suns who would offer the number four pick. No, the, no, the, no, the, no. The Knicks asked for Booker and the number four. Oh pick. no. Yeah, that's a flat that out. That was now. a good answer. To yeah. That, yes. Yeah. Hang up the phone. Don't I mean, I, I do blood cell on the number four. I do blood cell on the number four and stuff. I'd take I'd take Noah back, but I mean, granted, if I'm going to do that, it would. I'm not giving as much stuff up because if you're if I'm taking eighty million dollars off your payroll, I'm not giving you as much stuff. But I would do. They're oh, people, Paul. You don't call them stuff. Stuff. Okay, stuff people. I would take back a lot, um, send out a lot to get that guy on our team. That takes a lot of gall to ask for the number four pick in addition to the Booker. I would think it's the other way, where the Knicks would have to offer us their pick in Porzingis <laughs> for Booker just to get me to not hang up immediately. I mean, I'd still hang up within 10 seconds because Booker's you know off the table unless we're talking Steph Curry or you know four or five right. other players right now. Um but yeah, I don't. I mean, I, in that trade, if it was a straight up trade, I would take Booker over Porzingis, no question. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm absolutely with you because I think, um, you know, Porzingis is obviously a he's unicorn. Been, he's been very surprising in what he's done. Unicorns After getting are rare. booed like crazy when he got drafted by they shoot rainbows out their butts. <laughs> um, <laughs> they do. Well, they do. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm going to wonder about things like that, Paul. Come on. So, so this is the portion where it starts getting weird, finally, huh? Yeah, we got enough beer. It's 36 uh, minutes. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I, I think that Booker has so much more room to grow. Uh, he, as we've already pointed out here tonight, he's shown an improvement in his ability to be a playmaker um, throughout last season. I still think his defense is going to improve and he's going to become more than a serviceable defender in the NBA. And he went through that first, second half of his rookie year and the first half of last season were a little worrisome, but it seems like he came out of that because he obviously played well, um, you know, towards the second half of the first half of the season and the, uh, and the, the remainder of the season last year and, and overall had a good year. So, I think that the the growth that uh, Booker is going to show um, in the future is going right. to exceed that of Porzingis. So I'm with you that I, I wouldn't be interested in losing Booker uh, to get Porzingis. Uh, well, I also look at it just from the standpoint of trading Booker for Porzingis doesn't change the Suns' situation. It's basically right. shuffling deck chairs. You the goal is us worse. Hmm? No, no. Porzingis is excellent. Porzingis is great. Right, but I think what Char is saying is, okay, if, if we're going to uh, – if if we're giving up Booker to get Porzingis, then presumably we're giving into whatever trade they want us to do. So we're going to lose perhaps the fourth pick. Perhaps we're going to lose Chris or Bender. So it's more than just you know Booker going, right? Is that what we're – that's a, that's a part of what I'm saying. I think that's definitely accurate, what, what you're saying. Um, but I think in addition to that, too, uh, like you said, I don't think that trade would change the deck enough to put us in the playoffs. Right, and I think we'd be, you know, going back to your discussion about butts, we'd be trading a buttload of potential where I think Booker's ceiling is so much more infinitely higher than Porzingis's. is that, you know, as long as we're going to suck, Let's suck the right way, and let's you know, let's build with the players that have infinite potential. And I think like, that's well, like by not case. going after Paul Millsap in free agency this well, year. You guys hear that? That was yeah. that wasn't real, was it? No, that's well, still like th- there's that, a lot that, of stuff that's real because you got to understand it's McDonough's last year, and Sarver wants back in those playoffs. And I think you overblow that. And so you see it all the time that. GMs that are kind of on the hot seat or are really on the hot seat will make moves for self-preservation. Sure. So he may make some short-sighted moves to get back into the playoffs to get that extension that may, in turn, actually push... Like A lot of those times when those happen, those moves backfire and the guy just 
I mean, he got an extension and he gets paid for it, but it hurts the team in the long run, which is part of my issue with Sarver's uh, position of not giving extensions before contracts have run out. But um, back and to my... And he traded draft picks for money like eight right. years ago, so that means he's horrible, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. But back, back, to my, back to what I was trying to get to before about the shuffling of deck chairs is the goal is to get two young stars together. Trading Booker for Porzingis doesn't do that. It still puts us in the same situation that we still have to find that second star. Right. So, like I said, I would give up... I would be willing to trade any other player pick whatever we have available to bring in a player of Kristaps' um, uh, caliber on this on this team. Zinger, Godzingus, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's talk about that other rumor then. Wasn't there a rumor as far as bringing in another star? I mean, I don't know if he's as classified as a young star at this point in his career, but what about Kevin Love from Cleveland? There were rumors swirling four around. Four years ago, I'd be all over that. Okay, but now, if tra- would you trade the number four pick straight up if that would bring Kevin Love no. to town? No, I'm very happy going through the organic rebuild, and Kevin Love is a similar a short sighted win now move. Of and I'd almost feel like we might have to give up Bledsoe to do it as well, and that just doesn't really help it because you need those two vets to play together. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be interested in that either. Because I mean, it's it's like the Porzingis move, but less good, because I mean, you've got a guy who was, Kevin Love's getting closer to 30 at this point, I don't think yeah. he's quite 30, but we know what he is, you know, you don't know, there's not going to be a whole lot of additional growth, you're getting what you're getting, you know what you're getting, and what he is isn't going to push the Suns to where we as fans hope they eventually end up. Um, whereas at least if you're doing a Porzingis deal, maybe that growth that per- perhaps you and I don't necessarily see there, Char, that growth potential is higher than what we see, and maybe he could get us there. But ultimately, I think, again, it's just a matter of you're, you're taking a deal in the Porzingis deal that we don't see as being something that would be good for the Suns and just accepting a lesser deal by, by bringing in love. Sure. So that would be sure. zero interest. Zero. Yeah. Not even a little bit. I'd be interested if straight up in this deal, I I mean, I know it's probably impossible, but if we could trade number four and one of our assets, our less desirable assets that we want to get rid of, a few names I'm sure pop into your minds, and get Kevin Love in return as part of that three-way deal, which I think was rumored to be a possibility, I would do that deal in a heartbeat. If we could get love and and get rid of one of our assets. Then then the the issue that I see with that, and this is something Paul probably would like to speak to because he's mentioned it to me a number of times, is the whole timeline thing. Because, I mean, Kevin Love alone doesn't make this team a contender, right? Right. Uh, And if we want this team to be a contender, assuming that a deal like the Love deal happens and assuming we're still – we still have Eric Bledsoe on the team um, and – uh, uh, assuming the four pick is gone, we need Booker to develop a little bit more. We're going to need Chris and or Bender to develop a little more. Again, assuming both of them are still there before a team, this team can really become a contender. So you're looking at trading for a guy who is 28. As he, he's at uh, basically the same age as Booker, or excuse me, Bledsoe, and you're bringing him in. Um, and again, when you look at the timelines, the time frames, the ages, having Bledsoe and love match up with those younger guys doesn't really put us on our timeline. And I've I've been someone who said repeatedly the whole time frame thing with Bledsoe. I get it, but I don't think see it as a huge deal. But if suddenly your two main cogs are on a different timeline than the rest of your team, then I think it becomes more of an issue. Yeah, because you if you have a couple young guys, you're bringing up like young Kawhi on um, the Spurs. They're able to bring him up slowly because. Their team was designed to be an older, competitive team now, and he just kind of grew into that. Whereas if you're taking a whole team as a bunch of young guys and you have a couple old guys who become the centerpieces, it just doesn't – the math doesn't work as well. So with, if you're going to do that – so I am wow. – not yet working on it. I feel like you've been saying that since, like, the beginning of the season. Hey, it takes a long October, time to pass CPA exams, man. I, I hear you, Paul. I'm with you. You can't wait. You can take me out to dinner, celebrate. Maybe. <laughs> Find me something nice. Go on. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But yeah, I don't know where I, I, got, <laughs> I got lost. Well, you guys were talking about your dinner plans. I think I think that <laughs> unless there's another trade rumor, uh, were we going to talk about Char, second round Char picks? Char is the this is the first and last time he's going to be a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that didn't take me long. No, that would no. Usually, that was, I last until was, the second day. That was least. you not wanting to come back, not not not, uh, not me welcoming you. Well, that back. makes me feel better. No, yes. I will always be on this. Thing we do want to talk about the second round, yeah. Char. Um, please, because I am 32 and 57, I believe the Suns have. But let's just talk, unless you want to talk about 57 also. Uh, I know you have some individuals in mind for the Suns at 32. Please let us know. Who you know, you I'm going to I'm gonna throw out one name, you know, not just because it's an awesome name and not to bring up Key and Peele again, and we'll one day end up on one of those segments that they love to do. But uh, <laughs> the kid out of South Carolina, Cinderius Thornwell. Uh, I thought he had a pretty spectacular run in the tournament. He's a senior. He's polished. Uh, the guy's got good size for someone who's going to be a shooting guard and playing out on the wing. I think he's six six. Um, and he, it, it, it players that make that sort of run in the NCAA tournament are usually ones that stick out to me, and mm-hmm. I think I think are ones that can come in and contribute immediately. And I'm baffled by the fact that he's not. Uh, slotted right. He's not slated to be going until the end of the first round or the beginning of the second right now. I'm sure that means the Spurs will take him instead. And won't get him. They're going to take him right before us. You know the Spurs. If I if if gambling was legal in Arizona and they had this bet, you know, in places where gambling is illegal, I don't think they have this bet. But if you could bet that Justin Jackson of North Carolina would end up a San Antonio Spur, I'd put my mortgage on it. No, that's probably I'm, why. I'm pretty, no, sure. Well, I'm pretty sure you can do that somewhere. It, well, we need to find a friend we, who. We knows. need to find that place because Justin Jackson is the exactly the spursiest of Spurs graphics. The spursiest of Spurs, and I apologize, Mr. Jackson, um, from Phoenix Suns. Do you mean I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Good reference. <laughs> Great talk about early 2000s song yes. references right there. Um, Back but, to dating us, right? Go on, but. but uh, Justin Jackson, I think, if he's available and the Spurs are picking in the end of the first round, they're going to look at him. But for the Suns, I think Cinderius Thornwell was one. A couple other names I had since, you know, we're packed. At least I'm a Pac-12 guy. Uh, what do you guys think about the two Oregon kids? Dylan Brooks, I would love. Dylan Brooks, uh, Jordan Bell is, mm-hmm. you know, they, they think he's going to go around this time. Yeah. And then Tyler Dorsey is another guy who's intriguing to me. As a shooter, even mm. though it seems like we have plenty of those. Mm. I actually haven't put as much thought into Dorsey, but again, possibly just because it's more of a second, you know, towards the, towards the latter half or latter part of the first round, second round. Sure. Um, but thinking back to you know the number of times that uh, he hurt U of A this year. Uh, <laughs> You did hurt us a lot. I guess that, that would that would that would that would be that wouldn't be a bad pick. Um, Paul, honestly, I can't. He, he speak went to ASU no. for grad school, so <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't we all make basketball. mistakes. They don't play Paul. basketball there. As we well. all. You I, have I to wasn't deal with about that. to spend a year in Tucson. Hey, you know we all we all make My mistakes. My wife would have divorced me if I told her we were going to Tucson even for a year. She That's because she's just looking for a reason. True. <laughs> Your wife would have divorced you for other reasons if you had taken her to Tucson. For no, a year. Tucson would just have been less straw. <laughs> we're getting deep here. We, we, let's not. Jean re- doesn't listen to this, does she? She does. Oh, <laughs> probably, I'll take care of this part. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, uh, I, unfortunately, I I've, I've never really been a big college basketball fan. And don't really start looking at players until it starts becoming. I have an idea of where the teams I pay attention to are picking and. I just didn't have time to start looking at that second round, so I, your guys are talking about stuff that I don't know enough. About. Hey man, I mean you got your hands full with taking Justin out to dinner and you know making He's sure the relationship. Me. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. <laughs> Whatever it is, the two of you guys are spending plenty of time at dinner, so it, it's un, it's understandable. I'm going to mention one more <laughs> name, which I think is interesting, and you know might even be available super late in the second round. Okay. Which is the the Villanova kid who kind of was a late bloomer? Yeah, um, Josh Hart. Yes, thank you. Uh, the guy's just a gamer. Four years uh, senior, which is going to be a knock on him because nobody seems to like four year seniors anymore. Right. Yeah. 
But winner, winner, winner is the operative term. The guy, if you go back and watch the national championship two years ago against North Carolina, he was playing. You know, he locked down Justin Jackson, mm-hmm. who's three to four inches taller than him. He can. He's played shooting guard for that team. He's played power forward for that team as a six four guard. Uh, he just does whatever it takes to win. Yeah, and that's definitely one of those guys that if he's there, especially with that late pick, there's no, there's, there's no, uh, there, there's no downside to giving him a, giving him a run. I mean. Uh, especially again with that pedigree, uh, with his winning background, with his uh, uh, ability to uh, defend multiple positions. Uh, I think when you're talking about a late round draft pick, a guy that has that type of, you're not looking for upside at that point. You know, you're looking for someone who's going to contribute to your team. And I think Josh Hart would be a fantastic uh, add. I'll take your guys' word for it. Not to be confused with Josh Hart. I, once they draft whoever they draft, I'm going to do a deep dive on highlights, and I'll just I'll go all in on that guy like I did on Archie Goodwin. So that worked out well. I yeah. feel like when you say you're going to do a deep dive on something, it's lights off throughout the house. Reading the red couch, watching the red right. couch. Right, you watch. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You get to the red couch immediately. I think it starts out with a smoke filled room with some cheap malt liquor. You know, and but just I'm higher high, than that. I like glaring on the screen. Char has you pegged. It's Potter's one hundred percent pegged. Uh, on that note, I think we've hit on everything we wanted to hit on uh, on this fine evening, have we not, gentlemen? I agree. Char, I will thank you again for joining us on this uh, episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the fans by the fans podcast. Let's look forward to the draft. Let's look forward to doing this again. Let's Absolutely. look forward to people checking out the redcouch.net. Please not do. The adult sites. Do you have a Twitter handle you want to plug as well, or not so much? You know, we are a technological development and process at the redcouch.net, not a porn site. Um, so we will get to the Twitter handle in a bit, but do check out the redcouch.net. Uh, you will see a mock draft posted by. Justin and I sometime in the next two days, and hopefully this podcast. Hopefully as before well. the draft. That's right. That's right. We timeliness has not been our thing yet, but you know, we can we can improve on that. And thank you guys for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure being on this with you guys. Absolutely, man. Well, um, as always, you guys can catch me on Twitter at so says Jay and Paul at Dervish of World. And until next time, Suns fans, after the draft. Depending on when you're listening to us, have a good evening, good morning, or good night. I did that backwards. That was weird. Yeah, you've got the afternoon, too. Whatever. Good afternoon. There, go on. (laughs) Well, and I'll end with, Joey doesn't share food! I don't know what that's from, but good job. (laughs) Take care, folks. Adios.